Hey, what's up, everybody? Olson Bro here with another podcast episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you're having a great day. Today, I thought I would revert back to a little bit more about what I talked about in the first podcast. That was playing football at Mountain View. Um, It seemed like I got a few people reaching out to me after that first one. And guys that I didn't even know very well that also played football at Mountain View. So it was kind of a cool thing to reminisce about and, and think about. And I've had some time to reflect a little bit more about my experience when I transferred my sophomore year over to Mountain View from rival Mesa High. So again, I grew up worshiping Mesa High football. Right from a young age, I went. My dad would take me to every Mesa High football game. We'd sit on the 50-yard line. We'd watch all the games. I grew up hating Mountain View, who was our biggest rival at the time. And uh, Jess Parker was the coach over there. And everybody at Mesa High hated Jess Parker, even though I never met the guy. And then, again, my parents announced we're moving to to Mountain View. And I was pretty much in shock. So here I was. Now I'm out in Mountain View. The first episode, I talked a little bit about the importance of being on time. Those who haven't who haven't heard that podcast, go ahead and give it a give it a listen. It's only like ten minutes. But the next day, so the first day of six hour sports in Mountain View, I remember going out to the football annex out over by the stadium, and that's where the lockers were. And uh, I was issued my Mountain View red shorts, those short shorts, and that gray Mountain View T-shirt that I think I still have to this day somewhere tucked away in a box because I love that shirt. I wore it for every game underneath my pads, actually. Um, But that was standard issue for for football. And that first day, we were gathered in the the locker room and coach said, okay, we're all going to to the wrestling room. And all the guys started to get a little excited. And I thought, what are we doing? So we went over to the wrestling room. And Coach Parker went in and was talking with somebody else. Some, I don't know if it was another teacher. I can't remember. But there was some sort of disagreement. And Coach Parker was not very happy. And at the end of their discussion, he told us to go grab some of those wrestling mats and that we were going to take them and go outside out to our practice field. And so we literally went in there and took the mats, went out to the practice field, and we set up the square wrestling area. And then I was told we were going to do something called piranha fighting. So if any of you were like me, at the time I had never heard of piranha fighting. Let me explain it to you a little bit. So in piranha fighting, you're split up into teams of four. So you have four guys on one side of the mat, and directly across on the other side you have the other four. One person from each team comes out for each round. So when you're out, you go out there on the mat, and and your opponent's on the other side. He comes out to the middle of the mat. And the object of the game is for me to get my guy and get him any way I can over to my side of the mat where my teammates are. If I drag him off the mat that way, I win. If he drags me off the other way onto his side, he wins, right? And there's no rules. I can do whatever I want to get him over to my side. I can punch him, kick him, bite him, scratch him, pull his hair, whatever I want. And then to add to it, my three teammates They're kneeling on the ground outside of the mat, but they can reach over onto the mat and help. So if I get my opponent close enough to the edge, it's over because my three teammates will reach out and grab him and yank him over. So to say the least, it was a little intimidating, right? I thought, what in the heck are we doing? This is allowed to happen at school. I was was, uh, was a little taken aback, right? And then as I'm looking around, for some reason, I don't know why, there was this kid. To me, he looked like a skinhead. 
right? I don't know. I never met him before. He looked intimidating to me for some reason. And I already knew from the beginning, I'm going to get that guy. Right. So we go through and we, and we split up into teams. And sure enough, I matched up with that guy. Right. And I don't know why I was intimidated. But we go out there and it's like the all of a sudden your adrenaline kicks in and you just go crazy. Right. So I go crazy. And somehow I don't even remember. I don't even I can't even really remember that match. But I beat the guy. I get him over to my side. My team wins. I don't know how many out of the four we won, but we, we must have at least won three of those four because our team wins. And then at the end of all the matches, the winning teams get to give the losing teams, I'll call it infamous now, the infamous pink belly. Apparently that got all blown out of proportion uh, when, I was, when I was away on my mission for a couple of years. I heard people got in trouble for that. But we did pink bellies. And so what a pink belly is, is your opponent would lay down on his back with his shirt off or lift it up, exposing his stomach. And then the winner, mom, plug your ears, because I know this gets my mom mad every time she hears about it. The winner slaps the guy in the stomach, right? So you can wind up and you get a really good slap and you smack that guy right on the gut. So I'm watching everybody do it. It's my turn. I go and slap the guy in the stomach. But Coach Parker's over there watching the whole time, right? He knows I'm a transfer from Mesa High. I'm the new guy. And he stops everybody and goes, hold up, hold up, hold up. He goes, that was a jackrabbit pink belly. He's like, you're not a jackrabbit anymore. He goes, Kurt Wallen, come over here. Kurt was one of the biggest guys on the team. Kurt, come over here and you give Olsen, you give him a Toro pink belly. And he gave me this pink belly. He slapped my stomach so hard. I went home and I had this blood imprint of his hand on my stomach for weeks probably like a whole month you could see his hand imprint in my gut and I went home and of course my mom oh no what you know I kind of freaked out a little bit um of course at Mountain View back in the day you just say mom no don't say anything don't say anything and uh that was my introduction to pink bellies and to piranha fighting and I'm happy to say I don't know how I have no idea the rest of that year and my senior year, I never once got another pink belly. Somehow I was always on the winning team. I don't know how. I just never got another pink belly, but I was able to give lots of pink bellies. And, uh, I, and I did them Toro style, if that means anything to you. Now, there were worse things than pink bellies, in my opinion. And I won't talk about all of them, but the guys that have been up to football camp know about Cocos, right? Those were worse, in my opinion. Um, all, yeah, there's all sorts of fun things we did. One of the other crazy things we did that I, I just couldn't believe we were able to do is Coach Parker had these old boxing gloves. You guys that played football, you remember these things. No stuffing in them, hard as rocks, right? I remember being in the, in the uh, locker room, and we're in there, and Coach has us in just on our red shorts, right? And we pairs us up. And basically blows his whistle or starts his time watch and lets us just box each other and go at it for I don't know how many minutes. It seemed like forever because boxing was the most tiring thing, man. When you're fighting for your life and you're just boxing, it tires you out. But I remember fighting against another friend of mine. And the key, man, the key I always found is if you could get him to the ground, just don't let him get back up, right? You just keep pounding him down. But, man, going through these types of things, 
I quickly learned something about Mountain View. Now, you have to understand, again, I grew up going to all the Mesa High football games. And when you look at the Mesa High sideline and you would compare it with the Mountain View sideline, there was no comparison size-wise. I mean, on the Mesa High side, there were huge guys, Tongans. They were just all sorts of these big boys and athletes all over the place. And you look over at the Mountain View side and there's a bunch of these little skinny white guys, right? So I never, I always was perplexed how Mountain View would compete. And then I went to Mountain View and I kind of realized the difference. I mean, once we went through practice and we went through spring and fall and all the things we would go through, by the time we would get to a game, we weren't afraid of anything, right? We weren't afraid of nobody. We had already been through heck in practice. So intimidating, intimidation factor was gone. We went through the most intimidating things in practice already. So it was a huge deal. It really made a big difference, and it gave us a ton of confidence. It didn't matter who we went against. We always thought we could win. We thought we were the best because Coach made us feel that way. After going through heck, I mean, that was a cool thing about Coach Parker. He was intimidating big time. But, man, once you went through his program, he gave you this mutual respect. He made you feel good about yourself. He made you feel elite. It was, I don't know how to explain it, but there's something powerful about being able to overcome all your fears and do these hard things um, and come out of it okay, alive, right? And feeling like, you know what? I can do this. I can do anything. And that's kind of how it made you feel going through that football program. My first, uh, first day of pads my junior year, so we, uh, we get all our pads on, we're out there, and, and uh, I remember, remember I need to make a, a statement here. I need to do something to stand out because I'm the new kid. And I remember um, we did the bowl in the ring, and he called out the first people, and Joel, Joel had a tattoo of a Toro on his arm. <laughs> Joel was intense, man. <laughs> Joel, Joel lived and breathed Toro football. I'd love to catch up with that guy. I don't know where he is um, these days. But, man, he was a Toro. He was feisty. But he jumped up in the front, and I jumped up in the front. I wanted to be the first one up in there. And I remember cracking heads with him and thinking, oh, yeah. I, I had played football most of my life. Since I was nine, I played Pop Warner football. So I knew how to hit, and I wasn't afraid. And I remember just cracking with him on that. And, and I remember gaining just a little bit of respect from not only him, but from the coach and from the other players. And... uh Right after we got through doing, doing those warm-ups and hitting drills, coach called out first-team offense. And up to that point, I had never heard of – we hadn't even talked about positions. We never went over offensive line, like any of the positions and who was playing what. But he called out the first team, and all these guys ran out there, and they started going through some plays. And I remember thinking, well, what the heck? How, who's determined to play where, right? And then the next thing I know, he calls out second team. So I just run out there to the guard spot and I get out there and there's another guy out there, a senior going, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, this is my spot. And he was like, what are you, who's this kid? And coach comes over. He's like, what's the problem here? And, and the other boy goes, uh, coach, he's in, he's in my spot. You know, and coach looks over at me and I'm like, it's my spot. And I see this little tiny bit of a grin start to form on his lip, right? And he stares at us and he goes, well, fight it out. And all of a sudden, the whole team is surrounding us. 
and then we're in the middle and we're literally going to fight for this position, right? Now, I've told this story before. What's funny is I didn't know anybody on that team except that I had just met one kid in my church group like the Sunday before, like the, the Sundays before, right? I didn't know him that well, but I knew him and it was Nate, Nate Yetter, Nathan Yetter. And I remember, and if he ever hears this, man, I want him to remember, to know this. He stood out. Everyone else was cheering from this for this other guy. And then I heard Nathan yell out, kick his butt, Olsen. And, I, and that was that gave me some strength, man, a little bit of confidence that I wasn't completely alone, right? And uh, I ended up, I don't know how you fight with full pads on without cheating, and that's what I do. I grabbed the face mask, and I yanked him around, and, and I don't remember exactly what one, but I won. I won, and I got that position. And uh, that was pretty cool, because I wasn't the type of guy that would go pick fights with people. That was new to me, right? But I just, I had to have that confidence, and I those are one of those things, those learning experiences I had at Mountain View of just putting myself out there and, uh, and trying, right? Not being afraid, even though I was a little bit afraid, right? Just going for it. And I learned to do that. And that was a cool experience in my life, like going forward. Not that I fight people and I don't get in fights, but I know that you have to try when you want something. You have to put yourself out there. You know what I mean? And that could be applied to a lot of different areas in your life. And I know what you're probably thinking. Why didn't you go beat up the first string guy? Yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't do that. <laughs> I didn't think that far ahead. But I got on that second team, and it, it allowed me to get playing time my junior year, which uh, really propelled me for my senior year, where I started both ways. I was able to start both ways and, and uh, had, a, had a great experience. And there were so many different examples. And as I sit here, I just start to th remember other things. You know, we... We used to play this game called Powerball, and we played on the practice field behind the stadium, and we had these, uh, coach put these tires in the end zone. I can't remember if there was two or three different tires in each end zone, and it was almost like a mix of rugby and football, where you could throw the football to each other and run. Man, I can't even remember, but it was full-on tackle, right? Full-on tackle, and you would try to get the ball if you could get it and put it into one of those tires, your team would get a point, right? So you could throw it to each other, um, you can run it, and if you got hit and went down to the ground, the other team got the ball. But if you got rid of it and your teammate got it, you, you know, you, you could keep going back and forth. It was intense. It was awesome, man. It was super fun. And uh, I remember one of the first times playing it, there was a smaller guy on the team, and he was blocking. He was like right in front of the tire, one of the tires in the end zone. And one of the bigger guys on the team came running right towards him and just like was going to run him over and put that ball right in the, in the tire. And at the last minute, that boy kind of just moved out of the way a little bit, right? Moved out of the way. And the big guy went and put the ball in the, in the thing and scored a point. And everyone was cheering and yelling. And then all of a sudden we hear Coach Parker. Coach Parker comes out frothing at the mouth, man. Coward! I can't even, I can't describe how he talked, by the way. His voice was intimidating, man. He was an old guy. But man, you guys that played for Parker, you know what I'm talking about. I can't even explain it. But he called, coward, coward. He came out, his eyes were red. He was mad. He came over to that guy and a whole team came over. And he called that guy out. He said, you are a coward. He goes, get up here again. You stand right here. You come over here and you run him over. 
you don't let him run you over, right? He put this kid back up again. And he had this huge dude that was more than twice his size come run him over. And he said, you stand there and you take it. You stand in there. You do not cower away. And he did it again. And he kind of turned again afraid. He goes, no, do it again. And he took him two or three times where finally that kid just goes, I'm getting my butt kicked anyway. Fine. He, put his, he puts his shoulder down and he, and he tackles the guy. Right after he's kind of fed up and he's getting chewed out so much, he does it. And Coach Parker goes and lifts him up and cheers him on. And everyone's cheering. He did it, right? And then we go and he, and he sets us all down and, we, and we, we're getting our little circle. And he begins to apologize, first of all. He goes, you know what? I should never have called him a coward. That is the worst thing you could ever be called. I'm sorry for doing that. And... And then he wanted to explain and teach us a little bit about being able to do more than we thought we could do. That kid there, he figured out, you know what, I can do this, right? It, just, it, was, some, it was just one of those lessons that really stood out to me that that kid, he overcame that fear in the moment. He, I mean, he was forced to do it, basically. I guess he could have quit and walked away. But he stood in there and he took it. And he had no business tackling that huge guy, right? He was so small. But he did it. And that sparked, that sparked some confidence in that kid. Right. Parker did that. Coach Parker did that a lot. He would put a big guy against a small guy a lot. Right. And uh, it really helped with that confidence when you knew you could take on someone that was a lot bigger or stronger or faster than you and you could hang with them or at least you could you could do your job. Right. Just doing your part. That, that was a big deal. And that really helped our program. And I think that led to a lot of our success. I think most guys that played there would agree with me on that. Um, we may not have always loved it. I mean, it, it sucked. But I tell my kids now, it was hard. Practice was not always fun. You kidding me? It was hard. It was intimidating. Uh, and, I mean, we worked our butts off. But, man, when you get through it, you felt like a million bucks. You felt really felt like you could do anything. You know, I'd love to hear from some of my uh, fellow teammates or guys that have been through the program to hear their thoughts or opinions on that. If you guys, if anyone's listening to this, send me a message, man, or comment on something, either on the Facebook page or, or wherever. Let me know if your experiences were similar, if you think the same thing about going through that program. But I could really tell a difference. No knock on Mesa High, right? But there was no comparison on how we worked. There was no comparison on what we went through as far as overcoming those intimidating things, nothing like that, at least in my experience, right? Um, some of you may experience different things when you went to Mesa High, but man, it was crazy and it was pretty awesome. And I think that is why when, when we see each other, guys that have been to Mountain View, nowadays it may not mean the same thing, but man, guys that played back when I played or before me, you're kind of in this brotherhood. You feel like you just know, right? It was pretty cool. It was a cool respect thing. You felt good. You feel good about it. And I think that's why a lot of people hate us too, right? All you guys that hate Mountain View, you hate us because we thought we were the best and we believed it. So anyway, that's some of the stuff I, I want to share about Mountain View. I'm just kind of winging it here. There's so many other cool things. I mean, our coaches do would do the same kind of things we do today. You know, I coach now I've been coaching football at Combs High School, coaching the line the last couple of years. But it's, it's funny. I remember things like uh, running the, the two mile, right? Coach would send us out to go run two miles. And 
around the canals and it sucked. And he'd always have it. You have to do it in like 17 minutes. And if you don't, you have to do it again kind of a deal. And we'd go run it as fast as we could. And we'd die. The linemen, we were all dying. we get done. Of course, no, nobody made it. Now run all the way back another two miles to the, to the locker room. Get chewed out. Now run all the way back out to the canal again. And we're going to do it again. And somehow, miraculously, now that we're dead and we've ran like four miles, now we're going to make the 17 minutes on that two miles. Somehow it always worked. We'd go run two miles again and we'd barely make it on time. You know, oh, we all knew there's no chance we made the right. We made the time that time around, right? The second time around. Same thing with the sprints. Hey, if you guys all get under this time, we'll be done. (laughs) So the first time we go as fast as we can. And of course, we just barely miss it. And then we miss it. And then we miss it like 30 times as we're still running those dumb wind sprints. And then somehow on the 80th time, when we could barely walk, oh, we made it. We beat the time. You know, we <laughs> so funny. Bunch of garbage, man. All our coaches playing on us. And, of course, we do the same thing now as coaches to push these young men. It's too funny. Too funny. Well, anyway, guys, thanks for thanks for tuning in. I'm going to cut it off here. I could probably go on all day remembering experiences and sharing them with you. Um, hopefully that, that means something to somebody. Somebody who went there might find that interesting. If not, we'll be on to a different topic next time. But thanks so much. Again, have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you next time.